Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of Two News. It's a different time right now, and so we want to talk more about coronavirus and the pandemic that's happening right now. So joining us today is Congressman Chris Stewart. He is in studio today, but we're in different rooms. New day, new time, and we're definitely uh, working on the social distancing. So thanks for being with us and for being in a separate room. Yeah, thank you, and it's important for us to do that. It's important for a lot of people just in their personal decisions to realize this really is a very uh, serious situation, and the little choices that we make really can make a difference. As, we, as we've all now, in the last three or four days, understand this term we've never heard before, but the bending of the curve, it really can save lives over the long run. And, and Heidi, if I could, I mean, we're just encountering something now that we've never seen really in our history before. We're a very interconnected world. Suddenly, we can't interact with each other, and it's had an enormous impact on businesses. It's had, in many ways, a heartbreaking impact, especially on small businesses who've had to let people go, people who many times live paycheck to paycheck. Going to be a bit of a rough few weeks ahead of us, maybe a little bit longer, but we will get through this. I promise you, we will get through this. We always hear that quote that it's darkest before the dawn, and I think we're all waiting for that dawn to happen. And the scary part is, we don't know how long this will be. When I read on social media and we post these stories about what's happening, really reporting on what government and health departments are doing right now, there is a percentage of people who are very concerned, saying that the media is blowing this out of proportion and that we're making this up. So it's, it's a tough time for everyone because we have questions ourselves, you know, are we overreacting? Yeah. Are we underreacting? What should we do? So, Congressman, we've never seen a time in our nation, really in my memory ever, that we've had such regulations or closures right now. And I think it's tough as Americans where we're used to our freedoms to deal with this. Why is this important from what you're talking about on Capitol Hill? You're probably yeah. hearing different things than the rest of us. Well, we are. And just to you know, kind of broadly lay this out, when we first started looking at this as a member of the House Intelligence Committee, when we saw China's very aggressive response to this, you know, it raised red flags for us. We started looking at it really early. And then, of course, we expand it to not just an intelligence concern, but a public health concern. And it was very frustrating in many of those early briefings. And I, I mean, I can't tell you how many I've had, dozens. But I mean, the options we were giving nearly went from zero to infinity. And the reason being is they just didn't know. And then as days went by and as the weeks went by, we begin to get actual more information. So I understand why a few weeks ago, some people may have said, hey, the media is hyping this. It's not that serious or trying to hurt the president. I understand where they're coming from, but it's just simply not true. And we know that now. And, and as we said, uh, and as you said, the decisions we make really can make a difference. What we're trying to do is not overwhelm our hospitals, not to reach the point where those who need medical care can't get it because the respirators and the hospital beds have all been taken. And we can make that difference by minimizing our contact with one another. And, 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 and look, this will pass. I'm certain of that. As I've talked with these experts, I've pulled many of them aside. How do you know that it will pass? If you're telling me that because you're seeing it in China, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. And they said, no, no, we know that from studying 100 years of pandemics and viral infections, that unless this thing operates differently than any of them in the past, this will 
in a matter of a few months begin to subside and, and that's what we're all trying to work towards is keep as many people safe as we can until that point. I think one of the questions people have right now is we have schools here in Utah shut down for two weeks. Uh, just Salt Lake County yesterday shutting down restaurants and bars for 30 days. They can still uh, do takeout, but we're looking at businesses like this thinking, okay, two weeks a lot of us can handle. We're thinking, okay, we can get through that, you know, slow the roll. But when it turns into 30 days and 60 days, people are looking at the 401k, the stock market yeah. and small businesses. Can we survive that as a nation? Because these small businesses really make up who we are as America. They keep our economy rolling. Yeah, they are. I mean, 60% of American business is small business. And as I said, I, I can't begin to tell you the phone calls I've gotten from small business owners, from people who've been laid off. I mean, just before we went on the air, I talked with a friend of mine, he owns a, uh, one of the great pizza places out in Magna. I love going out there. And, you know, he's scared to death. And his employees who live paycheck to paycheck, I mean, they, it's hard for them to go two weeks, but if they have to go two months, it's a big deal, which is why the work that we're doing in Congress is essential and it needs to be very timely, and we've got to move on it very quickly to help people who have lost their jobs and small businesses. You know, Google's going to be okay. Ford Motor Company is going to be okay. It's going to have an impact on them. There's no question about that. I get that. But it's small business and those employees who work for them are where we need to concentrate our efforts right now. So let's talk about where those efforts are. Yesterday we heard Utah Senator Mitt Romney saying that every adult in the U.S., at least for one month, possibly even longer, should get $1,000 to help them uh, make it through these months. I think there's some questions with that because there are a lot of people, whether you're a waitress and no longer um, bringing in money or working for a small business who's been laid off, that you might need that because you're living pay paycheck to paycheck. I think about myself, we're a single income family. I'm still coming to work, I'm in the news business, so I'm gonna be okay. Yeah. Is this a good way where we give everybody $1,000 or is it overkill? Is there a way to balance it and try to make sure that people get the right money in the right places? Well, and look, I, I, I'm, I don't mean to disagree with my friend Mitt Romney, but I I just think it's overly broad. Rather than give people, look, Mitt Romney doesn't need $1,000, neither does Bill Gates, neither do I. So it shouldn't be, in my opinion, for every American. It should be targeted towards those who have, as we've said, lost their jobs, those who have lost work because they themselves are sick, or those who are caring for someone who's sick, or the small business owners. So rather than give $1,000, which look, I get, that's, that's, uh, that's a meaningful amount of money, but for a lot of these people, it's not going to fix the problem for them. Rather than give $1,000 to every American, let's give $1,000 or more to those who really, truly have been impacted, those who really need it. And that's where I would disagree with Senator Romney, and that is target it towards those who really need it. And if I could, Heidi, two other things we need to do. Number one is our concentration should be on fixing the problem, working with all of the experts to actually contain and to eventually develop antivirals and inoculation against the virus, and then to also work with, uh, from Congress with the President to keep the economy going as much as we can in another macro sense. Those three things that we really have to focus on, the individual, the economy, and fixing the problem. Okay, I do wanna talk a little bit about the testing in just a second, but sticking with the money, how would you do it? Would people have to apply in your idea of not giving $1,000 to every person? Because I guess that's part of the concern is jumping yeah. through the hoops to get that money if you do need it. How would that yeah. work? Yeah, and, and that's something that we are really early in the stages trying to figure out. One of the immediate answers is those who file for unemployment benefits because they would identify then as those who have needed help. Uh, it, it, it would be a bit of a challenge, I get that, but it would not take us a, a, you know, a long time to do that. And, and again, I think we're far better to do that in, say, a few weeks than we would be just to give every American $1,000 when the, still the majority of Americans don't need it yet. Concentrate on those who do.
Yeah, the national debt, definitely a worry and concern for yeah, people too. No doubt. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the testing because that's one thing that people are concerned about. I'm hearing from people who say, there's just not enough tests. I call in, I think yeah. I have the symptoms, but I don't qualify for that. Has the United States of America not been fast enough in developing these tests? Have other countries done better than us? What's happening on that front? Yeah, I mean, the answer to your question is, you know, we haven't done enough. And part of that is the red ink, the, you know, I mean, the red tape that's tied up in the FDA and others who have the regulatory authority to certify these tests. And I get it. You don't want to have a test that doesn't actually work. It doesn't help for someone to get information that isn't accurate. But on the other hand, here in Utah alone, there are at least three companies that I'm aware of that I've worked closely with who have a test that they believe we could make available. And the FDA needs to, and they are, by the way, in the president's directive last week when he declared national emergency, they are tearing away at that red tape and making it much, much more, uh, a much quicker process, much more efficient process to get these tests approved and get them out there. I think we're gonna see them approved in days rather than the months it would have taken otherwise. And does each company each have to have their own test approved as they come up with it? Yeah, generally they do. I mean, unless they're exactly identical, but uh, some of these have already been approved in Europe. And if a test is approved in Europe, I just think we ought to, uh, uh, you know, just en blanc, just say in a, in a blanket statement, if it's approved in Europe, we should be using it here in the United States. Their, their regulatory authorities, and, and they're as careful as we are, if it's approved in Europe, we should immediately approve them here in the U.S. for use. It makes sense. Sometimes it's frustrating knowing those tests have been developed in other countries and then we're trying to reinvent the wheel ourselves. Yeah. Um, right now, uh, people are looking at the stock market. They're concerned about the long term. When you say that it could be weeks or months, what are you hearing on your end about possible further shutdowns or even closing of borders within yeah. our own country? Well, I talked with Secretary Mnuchin yesterday and, there, and there's no way that the, the federal government is going to shut down the markets and they shouldn't. They should allow the markets to adjust. And as we saw today, they, they moved upwards as, as people began to say, you know, we probably overreacted. And the markets are, as you know, very emotional in some cases. But leave the markets open, allow them to adapt. You know, the, the good news, the reality is, is this was, came upon us at a time when the markets and the economy was very, very strong. I mean, the unemployment numbers from the last three months, the GDP from the last three months showed a booming economy. And we're gonna take a hit on Corona. There is absolutely no doubt about it, but I believe when we begin to, uh, have a victory and success over this uh, virus, the economy, the fundamentals are so strong that the economy will come back very, very quickly. Uh, and we all look forward to that day. But as I said, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a little while and it's gonna be a, a real tough time for some people. In the meanwhile, we need to help those people. And I think help is the real key. A lot of us have more time on our hands now, maybe working from home, you're home with your kids. And I think we all in the end are wishing for those things, not when they're forced on us, but you're like, I wish I had more time at home. I wish I had yeah. more time with my family. Yeah. So maybe take advantage of that and uh, do what you can to help your neighbors right now because there is good happening out there. Oh my gosh, and, uh, and if you'll allow me, this is so important and that is the, we've collected a list of, of people doing good things. And uh, you know, you've got young women in Penguich who have volunteered to for free babysit mothers who have to work whose kids are home from school now. You've got uh, someone here in Draper who owns a pizza company. He's giving free pizza to kids who are missing school lunch. You've got uh, grocery stores who are opening up early for those who are high risk, the elderly or those who have underlying health concerns. You've got some who are doing home delivery. It's a beautiful thing to see our community come together, to see people and families and communities recognize that some people need help. Let's go out and do some good. The federal government can help. The president can help. 
But at the end of the day, the people around us, we can reach out and make a real difference. And like I say, the American people, when we have a crisis, we really do respond. I think we're starting to see that now. Take a look at the list of good people who are doing good things. So grateful for them. Absolutely. Before we let you go on a totally different topic, uh, Congress has a lot on its plate right now. And before we started talking all this coronavirus issues, you were working on FISA reform. Tell me uh, what your bill was. It's moving on to the Senate. And I know that Senator Lee didn't exactly agree with you on this when there's some differences of opinion. What are you hoping to see on FISA reform? Yeah, you know, as a member, again, a member of the House Intelligence Committee, we realized, you know, more than two years ago that there was severe abuse of this special court that's directed towards anti-terrorism and targeting individuals overseas. No question they were lied to by individuals in the Department of Justice and the FBI. No question about that. And we also know that these FISA judges were not as careful as they should have been. Uh, when you read this FISA application, I'm not an attorney, but I can read this and it just screams for answers. You just wonder, how did the judges approve that? Did they ask the right questions? So we started working on this bill. I started working on this legislation about a year and a half ago, and it implements these reforms that make sure that doesn't happen again. Because we want to keep the American people safe. I'm a former defense guy, for heaven's sakes, the reason I'm in Congress, and in a lot, to a large degree, is national security. But we can't sacrifice our privacy and our constitutional rights to do that. And this FISA reform will help make sure that doesn't happen again. All right, we'll be keeping a close eye on it, and I yep. know the Senate has their hands on it right now. So thank you so much for thank spending you, some time with us today, Congressman Chris Stewart, and thanks for listening to this special edition of Take Two.